lifting those hands, lifting those hands to the Lord one more time. As you've been doing all morning, begin to open your mouth and begin to give him praise and begin to give him thanksgiving. Thank you for the word you receive. Thank you for the direction he's giving you. Thank him for the power he's giving you to carry out what he commands. We bless and praise you today. You alone are worthy of all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. the name of the Lord all God's people said amen looking at the word of God Genesis chapter 37 was it 36 is it 36 yeah Genesis chapter 37 if you've not read this story you want to read it because um Right now, God is releasing a grace to work in our families. God is releasing a power to bring wholeness and healing to our families. You want to be a part of that. Don't want to miss this time and moment. This hour that the Holy Spirit is actively working, it's going to work through you and your other family members. And what Satan has separated and marred and hurt, God's going to heal, bring back together. Amen. His word is awesome. To facilitate it this morning, get in the story with me. It's part two of critical conversations. Crucial conversations. Let the Holy Spirit work with you. In fact, don't be afraid to let a conversation go on in your heart and mind with the Lord as you look at the story because I believe in this story you will find yourself and you will find the members of your household you'll find your I'm talking about your blood family or the family legal that you were raised with the Bible is so amazingly accurate talk about a messed up family Talk about a confused family. Talk about a painful family. You ought to check this one out. Because in this family, you've got four women the same man sleeps with. And out of those four women, 13 kids. And they all were in the same household. Even the women he slept with. I wish I could tell you, four babies, mama. Four baby, four different baby mamas. Lord, have me, Jesus. Talk about baby mama drama, you got it right there. All you want to ever see is right there. 
Can you believe the Bible would be so accurate as to give us an example? I think many times people don't think the Bible is accurate because they can't find their situation. I bet you more than half of you sitting here today will find something about this blended family we call them today. Where the guy is married, but there's another woman, but he brings or she brings other children from a previous marriage into the same household. In this case, all of them, Chris, are the same. They're in the same household. Say, same household. I don't know what you do with that. I don't know. What, what, are, you, what, what, are, you, what are you going to do with that situation when the, 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 the women, the wives, the ones that he slept with are all, Fred, in the same house? Ooh, we. Okay, so let's do this. Tell your neighbor, let's do this. <laughs> One of these women, he truly loved. The other women became convenient for the, for the future and for his purpose. It's not that he didn't like them. He did. He was actually after one woman, but he got tricked with another one. You say, how do you get tricked? I don't know. I don't get that. All I know, the Bible says, he slept with the girl that night. He must not have raised the veil of baby and looked at her face. He must have just said, bam, bam, thank you, ma'am. Something, he must have did something because he didn't look to see that the woman he slept with in marriage that night was not the one he was promised. After he had worked for years for the father, he going to slip the oldest daughter in. I'm sorry, I'm not talking about her in a negative way, but she had droopy eyes and he was not attracted to droopy eyes. He raised that veil up. Oh my God, it was the other one. Yeah, huh? say what? Did you say it's on him? Sure, you're right, because he should have known. Would, would you have known? I would have known. You would have known. Okay. <laughs> I mean, okay, all right, all right. It, talk about in the realm of reality. Brother man, he was ready. You know, he was ready. And he thought it was the one he loved, but he did not even check. By the time he checked, it was too late. Bye-bye, baby. And he is, and this girl, she, some women are like that. They're so fertile. Bam, bam, bam. She had kids. She had a slew of kids. And he worked some more years for the same man to get the one he really wanted. In those days, the father was responsible to be sure that he married off all his children. Well, the one that Joseph, that Jacob loved, her name was Rachel. Uh, he wanted Rachel because when he saw Rachel, he got weak in his knees. He, when he saw Rachel, he didn't know what to do with himself. He loved that girl so much until I'll do anything you want me to do. Just, just let her, I want that one. And the father said, seven years, work for me seven years, we'll give it to him. Excuse me, I'm sorry. That's, that's, that's some serious love. He gonna work for seven years and look at her every day, can't touch her? Are y'all talking to me? Can you imagine? I'm sorry. Are you guys in the story with me? Okay. Can you imagine, bro, working for the guy, working for the daddy for seven years and can't touch her? You know, like your dad was looking at you when you came and took her out, out of the gym, went to talk. I was looking at you like, what? what? <laughs> sure enough, after, after the task was complete and the seven years had passed, First, he worked seven years to get her, then worked another seven years to get the one he really loved. So now, here comes, what's her name? Here comes Rachel. He's like, he's so happy. And no children. That's what he really wanted. I want kids from this woman. No matter what he did, no kids. She gave him her help. She said, sleep with her. Can't have kids with me, sleep with her. Read the story. You ain't going to believe it, y'all. Talk about some drama. Oh, my God. So he sleeps with her maid. Boom, she has a baby. 
have mercy, Jesus. All along, the first one, bam, here come another one, bam, here come another one, bam, here come another one. Thirteen kids. By the way, part of the ones he slept with, this is in the Bible, y'all. This is in the Bible. Part of the ones is, was the first wife he slept with. Now, uh, he didn't rape her. That woman gave her husband her maid to sleep with her. Both women gave their maids to sleep with this man. Excuse me, look at your name and say, that's a messed up family. Are you guys don't want to talk about this? Is, too, is this too personal? Are y'all all right? Am I too close to home? Is this coming through the, is, is, am I coming through the, okay. All right. I'll move along so I can get closer to home. So, <laughs> 13 kids, Rachel and Leah and, uh, and, and Bella and Zelpha. So all of you fathers, whatever you do, deal with this issue because Jacob loved the last one born. He loved Joseph. The Bible says he loved him more than all the rest. It was not wise what he did. Pride will make you fall no matter when and where. He was so proud of that last one until all the other ones that he had sired began to feel some kind of way. That's the way we talk about it today. It began to feel some kind of way about this last child. Sure enough, this favorite son, unwise to choose a, say, a favorite son out of 13 kids from four different mamas. You know, because right now, all those mom, mamas and all those kids are thinking, well, who's going to get what? Because Jacob was rich. People who grow up in families of means have a problem. When parents pass and and wills are red. One of the worst things you can see in families is the contention that happens at the lawyer's desk when they read the will. Y'all not talking to me this morning. Uh, am I too close to home? So Jacob <clears throat> did something very unwise. He named his favorite child in the midst of four sets of kids. I want to instruct all the parents here today, that's not a wise thing for you to brag about your child, what you love so much about your child, over and above the rest. Worst thing you, you can do is say, she my favorite. A friend of mine was talking about this and he wrote about it in the book. He said, my, my parents were amazing. They told all of us that we were their favorite. So every child thought that they were the favorite because the mama had looked at baby and every nigga like, you know you're my favorite, don't you? When the next baby came, said, you know you're my favorite, don't you? And the next baby came, said, you know you're my favorite, don't you? Maybe there's a little wisdom there. Maybe there's a little wisdom there that we ought to practice. And that is that we celebrate all the great things in all of our kids equally and not exalt one above. You can clap. You're going to clap, clap. Don't, don't, don't matter to me. But, but that, that might be a bit of wisdom. And as it were, saints, <laughs> oh, by the way, what you celebrate, you elevate. So those of you who are asking yourself, well, oh man, I have celebrated this child more than someone else. Maybe the correction of that would be that you be immediately begin to, to, to discern the thing that's awesome, that's unique about that other child and celebrate that. In fact, if I were you and I, if you were a parent, if I were you, I would celebrate the uniqueness of all of my children so that none of them would feel that one was above the other. Order is one thing. Pride is another. Just because you give more authority to the oldest child, which should be, doesn't mean you don't you love that child more than others. So here it is. Pride will tear your household up. In Jacob's case, 
his pride manifested in favor toward the, that only child, that last child, created a, created a mess. And what he did, he, he empowered the youngest child. And you imagine all the older ones, they, you know, in your household, whether you know or not, there's a pecking order that gets created in your, in your household. And what, you've what you don't get to see is how the older ones treat the younger ones. Honey, I think it might, might be the best day to preach this because they're looking at me like they ate something bad. They just, they just kind of looking at me. Okay, don't look at their faces. So when the, older, when the older ones treat the youngest one, you know, it creates this animosity. Well, you know, Joseph, Jacob rather, Jacob, he messed up when he did what he did. Don't repeat his mistake. And if you have in the past, correct it. Correct it by going back to your children, celebrating their uniqueness because you all know none of your kids are the same. Everyone that comes is uniquely different by the grace of Almighty God. And God, your Heavenly Father, doesn't, doesn't raise you in His love above another. And the people said, Amen. Amen. And so it is. I've got to hurry because because I got to get you down the story. I'm not going fast enough. I, I got to get you down the storyline because it's amazing what, what happens. And here it is, his pride, his pride gets manifested. His pride, Jacob's pride, empowers Joseph, the youngest child, so that he flaunts over his other brothers when his dream comes. He's trying to gain power with them because they've had power over him. The father did that. Made him a snitch. He'd tell everything bad going on. And in private, guess how they were looking at him? I can't wait to get you by myself. I'm going to strangle you in your own underwear. I'm sorry. Y'all know the kind of things that go on. Are, are you all there, saints? You were quiet last week. Maybe this is close. Okay, let's stay close to home. And so, so out of that pride comes this plotting, this, this, this scheming to get him. In fact, uh, pride over one creates animosity between the rest. Animosity goes to jealousy, and jealousy goes to hatred, and hatred to violence. And they said, we're going to get rid of you. So when... Joseph comes looking for his brothers that day to give a report to their father. They saw him at a distance. You know they saw him coming because the father dressed him in that special coat full of colors. They could see him coming out a mile away. There he come, here he come. So before he gets there, they are plotting. We're going to get him. We're going to kill him. We're going to kill his A. We're going to take care of him. Y'all know how you talk to each other, right? This is in the Bible, saints. You should read about this plot. We're going we to kill him, and then we're going to tell his daddy that a, that a, uh, we're going to tell his daddy that a wild beast ate him. Oh, they got the plan. But the oldest child, Reuben, who came from the first wife, he said, whoa, 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 whoa. Now, wait, hey, hey, we can't kill him. Maybe we could do something, but we can't kill him. Now, I tell you what, y'all put him in that pit over there. And, and, and it, it, the Bible doesn't say this, so you have to read two or three verses to see that Reuben goes and does something else because they all were taking care of flocks. But, but they, and, and the rest of the brothers put him in the pit and they sat down and was eating, they was eating food thinking that, yeah, he got him in the pit. They were thinking, and while they were plotting even more, you should read the story. Judah said, wait a minute, guys, we can't kill him now. Why don't we just sell him? Judah means praise. And by the way, I want to tell you, whenever your life gets put in that pit by those who supposedly who are supposed to love you, whenever your life is in that place where you can't get out, 
Whenever your life is threatened, whenever you come to a place where you, 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 you're, you're in harm's way, you don't know what to do. I want to tell you, Judah is what you need. Judah means praise. And, 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 when, when, and God, who's in control of your life, when you're in that pit, guess what comes to save you? Praise comes to save you. Because Judah said, don't take his life. We'll sell him. Don't take his life. And I want to say this to every one of you. When you're in a, your situation, in your journey, and it's negative, and it's out of your control and, and they cannot stand your life the, the, the appropriate response is to get a hold of Judah what you begin to do you and, and many of you this will be the salvation of your life you got to change your attitude you need to begin to praise God for the pain you went through praise God for the rejection you went through praise God for the way they cast you out praise God for the outcome the negative outcome of your life said Judas said we, no he's our blood whether they wanted to admit it or not their father was in all of them we can't his blood will cry out we can't have his blood on our hands let's sell him and then when Reuben comes back he says he's not in the pit where is he and you, Look, read it yourself. You never read a conversation where the brothers say, uh, <coughs> we sold him. No, they acting like, here's the way I'm understanding it. They're acting like, yeah, well, uh, you know, he ain't in there. Exactly what he said. Guess what Reuben does? Reuben gets his, they have his cloak. They take his cloak, they cut an animal's throat, they bleed the animal on the coat and brings it to their father. Because you see, the last thing the father knew is I sent him to find y'all. He don't know nothing else. So when they bring back this coat full of blood, he is, oh, he is heartbroken. He's heartbroken so bad, the Bible says all the other children rose up to comfort him, but he would not be comforted. He said, I will go down to Sheol. I'll go down to death with this pain in my heart, having lost the son that I love. And we don't ever hear of them telling their daddy the truth. I'm going to say this to all of us that are here. Some of us were in the crowd that said, cut him, cut him, cut him, cut the Negro, cut him. Some of us were in the, in the group that, that persecuted the younger because we were stronger. They were, they were less than. There's grace for you too. Oppressors need to be forgiven just like the oppressed need to be released. And so it is. They bring it back to Jacob and Jacob is mourning and the other brothers go about their business. And, and it gives you a whole internal family scenario of mess that breaks out because of their treachery and because of their lies. The whole chapter 38 is, 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 is oh God, I don't want to talk about it just too. I have to have the men by themselves and the women by themselves. It's horrible! In case you didn't know how real the Bible gets, the whole issue of incest springs up out of their mess. God who created family is the God who will cleanse it, restore it, and bring it back together again. It leaves, chapter 38, it leaves that whole scenario alone. It only picks it up later. But check it out. When you get to chapter 39, all right, we can go now. Chapter, look at 39. We can go now. You got the background. Well, you didn't show up last week. You, are you with me? Are you tracking? Say yes if you are. Here we are now that he is out of the pit and they sell him, they sell him to Potiphar. You gotta ask yourself, who is Potiphar? Kind of an amazing thing. Potiphar is actually an officer, an Egyptian officer to Pharaoh. Potiphar has power. He's got land, he's got property, he's rich. He has authority. He, Potiphar is captain of the guard for Pharaoh. If I could put it in, in other terms, he, Potiphar, he's like the CIA around the president. And guess what? Even in your captivity, 
Some of you, even when you were, when you were loose in your sin, God was still working on your life. God didn't let you go. God was still tracking you. God was still protecting you. How many of you figure out when you look back how many things God saved you from? They were right there at your door. There was one relationship away. God kept you. He just kept you. He kept around you. He kept you from harm. He kept you from destruction. He kept you alive. If that's so, clap your hands and give him praise. Because even if you were done wrong or if you were done wrong too, God was still watching over you. What, you know what's amazing to me is when it picks it up in chapter 39 it's so amazing to me how how the Lord speaks and I, I need to end this or try to end this at this point right here check this out Joseph had been taken down to Egypt he's in Potiphar's house he's an Egyptian officer uh, from uh, Pharaoh and look at verse 2 you want to get this you don't want to miss it I'm in chapter, Genesis chapter 39, verse 2. You will not believe this. In fact, you will not. When I read this, I said, I've preached this before. Those of you who have been around a while, see if you can catch it. Here this young boy is, totally away, ripped away from his family. Ripped away from the favor, ripped away from safety, ripped away from, from, from familiarity, ripped away from the things that he was just used to. I, and now he's, he's, he's somebody's slave. In a culture he can't stand. He's a Hebrew boy now being raised or now being kept in, a, in a, an Egyptian family. One of the, one of the noble one of the noble families of Egypt. And look what it said about him in verse 2. In spite of his captivity, in spite of his persecution, isn't it amazing what is spoken? And the Lord was with Joseph. So he became a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Now his, his, now his master saw his master, his, this Egyptian, this non-saved, you know, this guy that didn't know God. He's looking at Joseph's life, and guess what? He realizes something. What does it say about his master? He said, and his master saw that the Lord was with him, and how the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hand. Oh, my God. So Joseph found favor, say favor, in the sight, in his sight, and became his personal assistant. And he made him overseer of all his house. I'm going to say this to you, and I, want, I trust you can receive it. When your life is full of God's purpose, no matter the condition of your birth, no matter who your parents were, no matter who your brothers and sisters were, no matter the household, even the culture you were raised in, when God's purpose is over your life, it cannot be erased. God does not forget who you are. God knows who you are. I want you to raise your eyes and see the hand of God working in your life every step of the way. God was with that boy even though he was prideful even though he told his dream to his brothers and made them even more more that made them hate him more told the dream to his father and how he's gonna rise up above everybody else I told you last week you're not supposed to tell everything you know amen and even though that pride was in him pride in his father now is a pride in in Joseph and now when Joseph tell, tells a story his his words get get him in worst trouble and now he's without everything and he's now living in, in Egypt but I want you to know the characteristics the Bible says and, and let it be your characteristics and even though you weren't in the best situation God's favor still on you God never left you. Look at your neighbor. God never left you. You might not have felt him, but he never left you. 
You may have felt horrible, but God did not leave you. You may have almost disdained the environment in which you were raised, but I'm here to tell you, God didn't leave you even though you were in that. It says about Joseph, it, the same thing it said about Esther. That same anointing was on him. The Bible doesn't bite its tongue about it. You read on down further in chapter 39, it says he was, this is in the English version, the new English version, he was handsome and he was built. Ain't that right, Rod? He looked good. He, 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 was, he was awesome in face and in form. Same thing it said about Esther. And it said the favor of the Lord was on him. I told you last week, that favor is that presence of God that gets on you, that makes everybody want you, like you, want to be with you, want to hire you, want to give you a raise. That favor that says, I, I, if I can get you in my company, my company is going to succeed. That favor that, that comes on you, that, that everybody outside, you don't even know God, they see it on you, and they know if I can get that person with me, I will prosper. And Potiphar had good sense. He said, Joseph, come here, boy. And the more he worked, the more the favor came on him, and the more he noticed that, and and the more he worked and the more faithful he was, he kept giving him more responsibility. Ain't nobody talking to me right now. I wonder how you act when you come from a family that dish you don't like you. I want to tell you something, saints. That doesn't, it's because you were rejected doesn't mean God rejected you. His favor is still on you. You know, the more, the more he was rejected, the more God put favor on him. And you look in, at that chapter, you'll see that first he put him in charge of this, this little bitty things. And he was good in those little things, so we promoted him again and made him rude. In fact, all, can you imagine? Here is, here is the captain of Pharaoh's best. He put this Jewish boy over all of his affairs. Read it, read it a little later. He says, and, fair, and, and Potiphar didn't want for nothing, didn't worry about nothing, because he, he knew if I put it in Joseph's hands, if I put it, it'll be taken care of. The only thing he was cons not concerned, but the only thing you notice is what he's going to eat. That boy taking care of everything. That boy cleaning the house, taking care of the servants, folding some drawers. And, and the more he, and the more he, the more, the, the the, the, the more the favor of God was on him, the more he worked. Pharaoh gave him more and more and more. And by the way, that's a word to every one of you that are out there right now. You might be working in a situation you can't stand. You might have a boss that just, just, just drives you nuts. But if God has put that favor on you and put you in that position, you need to serve that. You need to serve in that situation. You need to be the very, 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 very best they have ever encountered. Let the favor of God on you. Because when, that, when God does that, he's got a meaning and a purpose for your life that's beyond on your present position but many of you can't go further because you've not had that spirit on you that Lord have mercy that Joseph had on him he took every bit of task even though he was treated like a slave God put gave him responsibility some of you are you can't get out of your blackness that's your problem I knew it was coming sooner or later you're too black to serve God gave you an anointing. He gave you ability. He gave you position. But now you worried about you worried about how they talking to you. You out of your mind. You have not understood what God is doing. Hear this Hebrew boy in the midst of an Egyptian household. Talk about cultural clash but God didn't care what color Joseph was God put favor on that boy no matter what his color was it was his heart that God fixed it was his heart that God anointed and when that boy got in that position he was so good until they didn't know what else to do give him some more give him some more some of you don't have as much as you could have because the anointing God put on you you have not 
fixed yourself to serve those that you can't stand. Some of y'all try to get away from a position. You, if you, you, you cut and run the first moment somebody offered you something else, but God put you there because you have no idea what God's going to do with you in days to come. Some of you have not figured out yet, when God has his hand on your life, he also can chart your career. I wish I had somebody helping me today. I'm trying to help them. And some of y'all have a problem right now. So when God wants to promote you, he puts you, put somebody over you you can't stand. <laughs> you know, they're looking at you crossways and, and they're they, they treating you different than everybody else. And you know, dog, y'all ain't talking to me. And you don't even have eyes to understand. It's God's doing because he's setting you up for greater. He's setting you up for greater service. He's setting you up for greater responsibility. He's setting you up so that your presence, your presence, your gift, your, gift, your skill is going to be the answer. It's going to be the answer to what's coming. You're still mad with daddy, still mad with the brothers. And now, Lord, help me, please. This is for all y'all online. You're mad with the brothers, and now you got to serve the white folks. Sound like God to me. Potiphar was not adverse to Joseph. His brothers, oh God, Lord help me right now. His brothers sold him. His deepest hurt from those who had not only the same skin, same mom and dad, same blood. Some of you have, have been tripping over your own feet, not realizing that God has given you something very unique and special. You're too busy looking at skin color. You're too busy looking at cultural differences when God has put you in a position. The Bible said God prospered him. When are you going to wake up, man? Sister, when are you going to wake up and, cut, and quit blaming everybody who's immediately in front of you, blaming them for your daddy's stuff, blaming them for your mama's stuff, blaming them for your brother's stuff, your sister's stuff. One of the critical conversations you need to have with God is, Lord, you were with me when I was going through all that? If you listen hard enough, he'll say, not only was I with you, I am now with you. And I'm not through with you yet. You need to have a crucial conversation. You need to have a critical conversation with your Father God. So you can get reconciliation of all that mess you grew up in. Same blood for you. It's the same blood for them. God is about reconciling it all. Oh my God. Reconciling it all. Have you not figured out yet why God allowed you to be born on this soil? Born in the midst of what you would call racial prejudice. Born in the midst of what some of you would call social misjustice or injustice. You ain't figured it out yet. There's something going on much bigger than that. Look at your name. There's something going on much bigger than that. You protesting against the wrong thing. Oh, okay. Okay, now we can go. Now we can go. Eleven thirty. Okay, here we go. Are you you ready? You want to go a little further, or you want to stop? You want to go further? So Joseph found favor in the, in the eyes of uh, in the eyes of the Lord, and found favor in the eyes of his master that he was working for. You know, he's working. Joseph is working as the servant of Potiphar. So that means that Joseph, as a servant, has no inheritance. I'm reminded many of you are in a job right now 
that they got you working and, and they, they put stuff on you because you're, you're good at what you do. But you have no investment in the company. You don't have any stock. You don't have any lasting security. And you've not understood that your present position, God is the one that's overseeing that thing. Did you not remember the scripture? I will open whatever door I open, nobody can open, nobody can shut, and whatever door I shut, nobody can open. That's who your master is. So I wonder whether you trying to get out of there is a little bit soon. You might not have spent enough time in that pit. God didn't create that pit. God didn't put you in that pit, other folks did. But God used in that pit. Shape your attitude. To get all up in your stuff. To deal with you about the stuff in you that will keep, that will keep him from using you the way he wants to. That's the God you that's how powerful he is. God can take injustice and turn it around for justice. God can take inequity and turn it around to equality. That's the God, that's the God, that's the God I serve. God can take death, turn it around, make it live. God's so bad, he can take what looks like a, a, a brick wall and a closed door and open up a pathway to what you never even thought. Maybe you should take another approach. Oh, the, oh, oh, and don't forget, you, you got to go. God will deal with you in terms of your pride. He'll deal with you when you're in your pit. He's dealing with you now that you're under Potiphar. But he ain't through yet. Put your eyes on the scripture right quick. I think after this, Chris, we're we going to be okay. Are you still there, saints? Verse 6, 39. Now Joseph was handsome in form and in face. And it came after these events that his master's wife looked with desire on Joseph and she said, lay with me. He said, what? She said, lay with me. She was slick by this stuff, man. She waited till everybody was gone. And if they wouldn't leave soon enough, she put them out. And Joseph, going about his, his, his duties, the duties of his master, has to encounter her. Verse 8 said, oh, by the way, it came, it came about after these events that, that, that his master's wife looked with desire on Joseph. And she said, lay with me. Wait, he's a young man. Look at your name say, he's a young man. No, no, look at him in the face. He's a young man. He virile. He looked good. He cut. You know, if you look at the Egyptians, you got the little loincloth on him. Jewelry around the neck. Chains, chains around the neck. Loincloth, sandals on the feet. Braids in the hair. Chest bulging out. The Bible she looked up, she said, oh, 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 oh. You guys okay? Uh, read, read the scripture, check what it says. We're almost gone. Check it out. There's another thing you got to pass if you're going to get the promotion God wants. Are you there? And, 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 and it says, verse 8, but he refused and said to his master's wife, look, look. Me, here, with me here, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. And he has put all that he owns in my charge. So I'm going to say this to those of you that are in charge. If someone puts you in charge, it means they have you in faith. I said, if you're put in charge, that means you're in faith. That means they believe that what they put in your hand, you will keep. 
They believe that what, what you, Lord, help me today. Because every promotion always, you're going to have to tell you in capital say, you're going to have to deal with temptation when promotion comes. Tell them what I said. Come on. With every temptation, with every promotion comes a temptation. You got to deal with that. Am I talking to the right people? Check it out and, and look at it quickly. It says, he put everything in my charge, in my charge. Now, he says, there is no one greater in this house than I. What? And, and he has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. Put your, man, put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder and say, it's his wife. <laughs> How then could I do this great evil and sin against God? Lord have mercy, what kind of man, what kind of man is that? He understands it. I want to talk to you for just a second, sons and daughters of the Most High God. I want you, when you know God and you know you belong to God, then you understand how God operates. When you belong to God and you know God, then you understand very clearly you don't need a lesson in morality. You surely don't need it taught to you in school. You don't need to know about prophylactics. Ain't nobody talking to me. When you're married, you sure don't need to know about prophylactics unless you need them. If you're not married, what are you doing with prophylactics? Well, just in case, you know. Joseph understands clearly by his promotion his boundaries. He understands it's not a problem for him. He said, he's given me everything. I'm in charge of everything. He don't worry about nothing. If he doesn't worry about nothing, he's put all that on me. I'm not going to mess up with that trust. There's nothing he didn't leave available to me. Except you. Because you belong to him. He had to tell her what she already knew. Are you still there? Okay, I know you don't want to read the rest, but read the rest and we go home. Check it out. It says, it says, uh, how then, Joseph asks a very powerful question. The question he's answering is evident that he has the fear of the Lord. He has the knowledge of God in him. He knows God in this regard. He said, because if I do this thing, I don't do it with you. I do it before God. And God's the one who's kept me through all this mess. He's, well, I can't do this. Excuse me, I want you to put your hand on your heart and I want you to say, I can't do this. You know what this is. Because you don't belong to yourself. You have been bought with a price. Are you still here, saints? Check it out and see what happened. And she spoke to Joseph day after day. Joseph said, this is a great evil. And unfortunately in our culture, it is no longer a great evil. So I need to talk to you like your children of the Most High God. Because in your heart, when God, you know, you know you belong to God when, 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 when a boundary can be crossed because you have the power to do so. But you, you, you know in your heart, you know when, if you cross that boundary, you are violating the trust that the one who gave you the authority. Are you guys okay? I'm not here to condemn you. I want you to be saved. I want God to heal your family and heal your heart. Because healing your heart is, 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 is what God does when he heals your family. Joseph said, I can't do this. Excuse me. He didn't say he didn't want to. He didn't say, I don't want to. Oh, he was a man. He wasn't confused where he'd look, he needed another man to be, to be happy. No, 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 no. There's no indication that, that he was that way. Hello, somebody. So this woman, I mean, she obviously, part of his wife, obviously must have been beautiful. 
He said, I, this is a great evil, and it's against God. It's a great evil, and it's against God. The only way he could say that is that, is that there was something in his heart, a standard in his heart. That when this situation came up, this is his response. And look at the verse. What does the next verse say? What does the next verse say? Help me if we can go home. What does it say? What did she say? How many days did she speak to him? Because his office obviously was in the house. He had to come in the house every day. So guess what? It probably was a big house. But I, I promise you, she's going to figure out a way for that part past the cross. Because every day, what does it say? Day after day, she did what? He did not what? He didn't listen to her. Now, look at your neighbor and say, you know, you need to put your hands over your ears. Come on, somebody. Tell them you need to put your hands over your ears. Because when great promotion is there for you, great temptation will come to you. Here's another way of looking at it. The greater the temptation the greater the promise of promotion. Some of you have not moved up because you have not yet stood in the face of temptation. And how many of you know the enemy can be relentless? They, by the way, the, the, the enemy is relentless because he sees that precious thing in your heart. He's after that precious thing that fear of God, that love for God. That kind of innocence, not inexperience, but innocence. When, when, you, when guilt is gone and you, you, you don't have to wake up every day with the same mental thought, all that is gone. We have to pray for this group because this group is looking at me like, how you know this stuff? Well, let the Holy Spirit, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. I'm almost done. Put it back up, kids, so we can go home. So, 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 he says, and she spoke to him day after day. What's the next verse say? And now it happened one day that he went into the house, not went into her, went to the house to do his work, not to work on her, to do his work. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying here? here? The Bible said now it happened that when he went into his house to do his work and none of them, none of the men of the household were there. Guess where? They, she done cleared them all out. Hey, you, get out of here. I want my privacy. How dare you violate my privacy? Get out. Look at the whole house. She got the whole house to herself. And here comes Joseph. He going to do his work. <laughs> he look good, though. He got the chest out. Probably ain't got, probably ain't got no, 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 you know, just don't wear no open shirt. Don't wear no shirt. Got that lawn cloth, you know, that lawn cloth going around, little bugs in the front. You know what I'm saying? Them big thighs be rippling under the head. And they got them shoes on him. <laughs> she, she, she looking at him like, Phew. She's not fanning that. Yeah. <laughs> there he is, there he is. Put the words back up there, man. Put the words back up there. Look, check this out. This is amazing to me. We're going home right now. Now it happened one day that he went into the house to do his work and none of, read it with me, none of the, hello somebody. One, one thing I know, men know men. Isn't it a wonder that in the house of God, the enemy tends to work on the men. Men know men. A man that don't want to hang out with men, we got a problem, don't we? Why you take this stuff off the screen? <laughs> oh, because you're online. Oh, I see. Thank you much. We're going to get a different system. We're going to put it in there. <laughs> and, and, and none of the men of the, uh, the household was there inside. Go to the next verse. So she caught him by his garment. She couldn't catch him by his words, so she caught him by his garment. My words can't entice you, so I'm just going, I'm going to grab you. Are you all there? And, and, and saying, lay with me. 
and he left his garment. He running out of his clothes. All the women look at the men and say, run for us, run. <laughs> Ooh -wee. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and went outside. And when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled outside, guess what happened then, brothers? She called to the, come on. Men of the, uh, she ain't called the women. She called the men of her household and said to them, See, he's brought in this. Who's he talking about? He. Who's the he? She talking about? She's talking about her husband. She gonna blame her. Wait, stop here and look at me real quick. I think we could surmise that no matter what position and power Potiphar had, there was something he had not taken care of. Are we all still here? We're still talking family. There's something that he had not taken care of. They had a he had a responsibility before God uh, to perform before his wife all the men take their wife by the hand I'm going to perform my duties <laughs> it ain't funny but it ain't funny but it's funny <laughs> so, so, so obviously she goes, he, he, he bought this Hebrew. He going to blame it. Now she's going to jump with culture. What she's really doing is responding against her husband. This family stuff, y'all. You guys still breathing? She don't want to look bad because she's really looking bad right now because he going to run out his clothes away from her. And by the way, brothers, no matter how beautiful she look, you know, when she wants you to cross that line, she's going to get real ugly. And if she ain't ugly then, lay down with her and see how ugly she gets. Put it back up. We're going to go home. I'm trying to go home, Ken. I'm trying, really. Just so she called the men of the household and said to them, see, he bought this Hebrew to make us, to make sport of us. He came into me. He what? To do what? And I, what? Ain't nobody else in the house heard nothing. And the women ain't going to say nothing. And when he heard, and when he heard that I raised my voice and I screamed and he left this garment. And said, how, many how many times has this story been told on too many men and too many women? And the story's been told with his sports Y'all not hearing me. Whether, it, whether it's sports or whether it's, uh, whether it's uh, cultural, how many times is that, that story? That story ain't, old, it ain't new. It really reveals where people's hearts are. But you've got to pass that test. You've got to pass, if it's, if it's, if it's, not, if it's pride, or whether, it, whether it's uh, the plot, or whether it's the pit, or whether it's Potiphar, or whether it's porn, or whatever it is, you've got to pass that test. Look at your neighbor, tap him on the shoulder and say, you've got to pass that test. Because your promotion is waiting for you. Now listen to me quickly, and we will go. Joseph, who obviously knows because of the dreams he's had, even though his circumstance is nothing like the dream he has. He has to do something in the midst of his negative circumstances that are so opposite of what the dream God put in his heart. And that is the case with many of you. Your present circumstances don't, don't even appear, don't even, there's no resemblance between what you're facing and what God said and what God promised you. But that does not mean it's not so. Your present circumstances may be funky. And in this case, now, now, now Potiphar comes home and guess what she does? She's going to put that fake woman cry. 
Some women can cry anytime they want. Oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> she can do it till the tears run down. And part of her comes up and says, that Hebrew slave, he tried to lay with me. Can you imagine a husband who knows he's not done everything he could do is now listening to his wife somebody else are you all hearing you understand the, what it does inside of him the bible says he got angry and he put he put the guy he trusted with everything sent him to send him to prison so here joseph goes from the plot to the pit to potiphar now he's in prison Now, I want you to bow your heads because some of you are in prison. And the Lord wants to set you free. But there's some things you need to, to pass. God is a God, there's already blood. It's been spoken already today. God has already shed blood for you. God has already released the power for your transformation, the power for your deliverance. But in order for you to walk into that, there's an attitude you got to deal with. Number one, you got to quit blaming God for your problems. You got to quit blaming God for your pain. God is not the author of your pain. He's not the author of your family pain. God did not do that to you. You need to let God go. Stop using God for an excuse not to serve Him because if He really loved you, He would never allow you to go through that mess. That is a lie. God is standing ready to deliver you when your heart is right, even though he's not the one that put you in prison. And you'll get this a little later on as the story unfolds. You're going to see it. But right now I need you to take faith. As your head is bowed, I need you to deal with, deal with your doubt and discouragement Deal with your disappointment that you've held in your heart because of what went down in your journey, what went down in your household, what your mama didn't correct, what your dad didn't correct. One of the things, Lord, help me right now. I want you to hear this. One of the greatest, one of the greatest obstacles and greatest tests you have to do, deal with is false accusation. Some of you can deal with a lot of stuff, but when they, when they blame you for what you didn't do, you go ballistic. You even have enough nerve to blame God for that. And I want you to get free today, right now, in the name of the... In fact, I want you to stand on your feet. I want you to get free from it today. As we talk about critical conversations, I want you to get free from it this very day. I want you to decide, I'm not blaming God, another day. And by the way, in case you don't think he knows what that is, guess what the cross was? Guess what Calvary was? You talk about blame. You talk about, you talk about blaming folk who are innocent of the charges. I mean, every bit innocent. And yet they had to take on all the onslaught and the punishment for what they never did. Some of you are holding this stuff against your parents, your brothers, but getting beaten or your sisters, you, you're getting punished for what you didn't do and, and Satan will cause that thing to lodge in your heart and you hold that thing against one another. You can't stand being falsely accused. You can't stand looking bad in front of everybody else even though you didn't do it. And guess what Calvary was? And he wouldn't come down. And he wouldn't defend himself. And he didn't get mad with the Father. But he took it. The power of Jesus to take false accusation and draw the power out of it and put something else in you more powerful than any accusation happened when he hung there for you 
now if you would bow your heads and pray to the Father right now. I believe God, I know, God wants to release you. He wants to release families from every false accusation. You, and it's, it's, this is what really gets me to it. And he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Let your forgiveness come upon those who've been falsely accused. Release them from the hatred, bitterness, and resentment. I think I want to do that right now. Flood this altar with those of you that I'm talking to. I mean, I'm, you know I'm specifically talking to you. Come now in Jesus. Don't wait. Let that grace come upon you in the name of Jesus. Come and stand right here in the name of the Lord.